Um, my segment is, I, yeah, it's it's around education. So um, you've been listening to fantastic investors all day, including uh, the last panel. Um, I, I'm going to try to give you some thoughts on <clears throat> how I approach the sector, how I think about investing in cannabis in the public markets in an ETF format. Um, you know, real quick, you know, my background is uh, in emerging markets. And on some level, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. I think about these uh, markets very much in the same context. But um, quickly, uh, I am Tim Seymour. I run CNBS, the Amplify Seymour Cannabis ETF. Um, I'm also a member of the investment team at JW Asset Management, and we're excited to talk to Jason Wilde and Chris Weber uh, in about 15 minutes or less, uh, and really hear about an exciting project, the Weber Wild Fund. But um, my orientation on cannabis is uh, as someone that's been investing in the public markets, the private markets, uh, really, you know, from early days. And I also sit in an advisory capacity to a number of companies. So um, from that perspective, I want to give you uh, just, yeah, my thoughts on on how I think about investing in cannabis. Um, CNBS is an actively managed ETF. Real quickly, um, we are 150 million under management. Uh, we're up about 51% year to date. Uh, the approach is absolutely dedicated cannabis, which means that 80% of the portfolio must have more than 50% of their revenues coming from cannabis. So that means uh, not tobacco companies that might be here someday or pharma companies that might be here someday or companies that you know, do a little bit in cannabis. It's really it's to be invested on, on uh, companies that are really big players in the sector. We can touch the plant, and 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 I'll say as a, an evolving dynamic for uh, the industry, we probably heard all about the federal uh, restrictions on the industry in the United States. That has applied to the investment world, uh, but we're happy to say that we can now invest uh, via swap in really anything we want uh, in the public markets, and that's really exciting. Um, we're investing in ancillary, we're investing in technology, we're investing in picks and shovels, but we're investing in hopefully uh, the most profitable companies in the space and the ones with the most upside. Um, I think the, 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 the idea behind an ETF for investors, whether you're investing in uh, e-commerce or blockchain or uh, emerging markets, uh, you know, an ETF that is sector-based should be thematic. And, and in my view, thematic in the cannabis sector means uh, a very fit, very quick evolution of, of the themes that we've been investing around in cannabis already uh, in, in the first couple of years. But uh, active is, is very important because um, not only are we seeing the sector continue to have dynamics around M&A and, and look, new listings. Uh, I've been able to invest in, in three different IPOs. Uh, in the last you know, year or so in the fund on day one as part of that. So um, the M&A, the IPO calendar, uh, corporate governance is absolutely a major dynamic to investing in any new industry, in any emerging market. And I think that's a big part of, of how we evaluate the sector. Look, uh, momentum, technicals, liquidity dynamics are, are, are constantly changing in this industry. At times we've seen uh, massive liquidity surges, and we've seen liquidity dry up. The last the last six weeks have, have been, you know, relatively light in terms of liquidity. Certainly, relative to what we saw in the first six weeks of the year through mid February, when the sector was was on fire. Um, 
I think of cannabis as an emerging market, I said. And, and so I, I ran a long short EM hedge fund for 13, 14 years. And, and to the extent that um, I think of the cannabis trade and I express this in the portfolio as, as a top-down trade, uh, a bottom-up trade, uh, a trade that's, that's ultimately focused on, on corporate governance, uh, some part momentum, some part liquidity factors, and some part structural. So if you think about it, in, in, in emerging markets back in the late 90s, you were, you were often investing just based upon who, who was going to get the next tranche of IMF money. Um, or you know what country was going to improve their 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 macro balance sheet for any number of reasons, and that was enough to pretty much buy the whole the whole sector. Cannabis has seen that too. Um, cannabis has seen that as it relates to to absolutely the federal dynamics, and and certainly we know that that started north of the border and and you know, Canada's momentum, uh, some momentum around the world. And then obviously the momentum around the political change in, in Washington uh, into 2020 and what that meant for the prospects of federal legalization here. Investing in, in cannabis macro is, is, is very important. Getting your macro right is very important. Um, but kind of like emerging markets, it, it's, it's, it's not necessarily why you're investing here and now. You're investing for this macro growth trend, this, this uh, uh, turbocharged addressable market dynamic. Um, and, and actually, unlike in the emerging market space where you might want to invest in, in a Brazil, or, but you might not want to invest in a Turkey, uh, in other words, not investing in a bad neighborhood. I, I think in the cannabis space, um, the neighborhoods are the subsectors. And, and so the subsectors are, are clearly whether it is uh, technology or, or retail or e-commerce or uh, to the extent that we're obviously then very focused on on retail as it relates to uh, multi-state operators or the LPs that have that, that retail footprint. Um, you're, you're thinking about cannabis in the context of, of macro, but then the bottom up is very important. And, and what we're starting to see now uh, and the way I, I believe I, I express this in the portfolio is is that we're starting to see companies separate from the pack in terms of, look, we talk about the MSOs. Um, we can see the companies that have uh, dramatically improved gross margins, profitability are, you know, three, four, five quarters into uh, a free cash flow generation. Uh, that's very impressive. Uh, and we're now looking at we get into the second half of 21 and into 22. Uh, those operators that are really seeing this hockey stick. Remember those hockey sticks that we were talking about in 2018 that were going to be 2019 that never really happened. But. But the cultivation that's coming online that's really going to define the differences, I think, for a lot of these companies uh, in 2H21 and, and in 22. Um, I think the, the, the most important thing for especially retail investors in investing in cannabis, I think, is trying to balance um, the fundamentals and the macro, whether it's what's happening on the federal side, what's happening state by state, which, frankly, in the U.S. continues to be where the, the, you know, the momentum every single day, there's a new headline about a new state coming online. That's you know, for, for investors that spend time combing over the macro. In a couple of years, we're gonna look back over you know, the fact that you know, we're seeing this thaw in the Texas legislative you know, track or what we see, especially in some of the really conservative Southern states as being, you know, I can't believe we spent so much time on it, but, but I do think that the macro is really important. I, I would tend to say though, investing in cannabis is really, pragmatic investing. And so in a world where the, the, the hockey analogy, right, that's way overused, which is you know, skating to where the puck is going. Um, 
for me, it's it's really about investing where I think the capital is going. So at a time when I can invest in, in U.S. companies, I can invest in Canadian companies, I can invest in companies in Europe. Uh, on some level, part of my job as a portfolio manager is to you know, try to uh, evaluate where I actually think capital is going. We all know where institutional capital has had issues investing in the sector, where we've had big U.S. mutual funds that were invested in MSOs that had reverse field uh, because someone got a tap on the shoulder or some custodian said you can no longer custodize it here. Uh, there are obviously many dynamics on investing in U.S. LPs versus U.S. MSOs that at times uh, are very emotional topics. They're, they're topics that I think uh, the, the fundamentals in, in north of the border and, and in the United States are very different. But for me as a portfolio manager, I'm investing in companies that I think can go higher. And, and, and that's based upon fundamentals. It's based upon technology. It's based upon more many times liquidity and momentum factors. Yesterday, I was tweeting out um, something on, on, on Tilray. And in the middle of what's been another crazy week around Reddit investing, um, you know, my tweet was Tilray, Reddit, or real? And, and clearly, Tilray, especially in February, was a 22 25% short interest stock that was really caught up in some of the, uh, the bulletin board activity. And, and maybe this week it was, it was as well. There's fundamentals around why Tilray would be a fundamental choice in a world where uh, they are not only one of the better operators in Canada, but are positioning themselves for, for US uh, access. And maybe though, if you have a view on the federal dynamic, uh, many investors think investing in some of the Canadian LPs is the way you get that exposure. I'm not going to tell you whether I think that's the right thing or the wrong thing. I have a view, but I, I'm more pointing out the the pragmatic part of of what I think I'm supposed to do as a fund manager and is to not get overly righteous uh, necessarily about fundamentals if, if I think that there's capital flowing into a particular name. Yesterday, I was actually fading a little bit of that strength in Tilray, um, which is a big position in my portfolio and one that I've been adding to in the previous few weeks. Um, because I think that's what I'm supposed to do on a day like this. Um, I'm happy to say that as a guy that ran long, short EM money, uh, you know, many times in emerging markets when you're dealing with currencies and, and macro and, and uh, the fundamentals around the stock and the exogenous factors, sometimes we were over trading and sometimes running long, short anything means you're over trading. I think in an active ETF, I think you're in a position to, to really uh, hopefully balance the combination of I can... I can fade strong moves. I can buy extreme weakness. Um, I can buy fundamental changes that I see happening. But the key really is, is that I'm, I'm able to uh, be reactive or proactive, but not over trade, which uh, I think at times when your mandate is a low vol, absolute return, long short equity strategy, it's, it's what you do. Um, in terms of, you know, things that I, I think investors should also be thinking about with regards to uh, the next wave of investing in, in cannabis. It's very clear, you know, we're going to continue to see uh, more subsectors develop. I, I think the, the, the REIT sector has now been a relatively uh, broad place, on a, again, on a relative basis to invest in cannabis. Um, the retail space as it relates to the hydroponics retailers and the, the picks and shovels. I think we're going to start to see a lot more as it relates to, to technology, but as it relates to where there is software and where there are ERP and logistics and, and some of those sectors that I think 
Uh, it was exciting to think about them early on, but really there was almost nothing to do. Um, I think, you know, the important thing for investors to remember is also where I say this all the time, but where global markets and, and are still going to push this sector around. So if you get a case where, uh, yes, we're near all time highs yet again on the S&P and, and yes, the VIX is you know, around 17. But uh, the minute some of those factors change, I think you have to think about your cannabis investments in terms of the volatility profile. And it may have nothing to do with the fundamentals there. So, Tim, as always, wonderful, wonderful leading the conversation.